All right, guys, thank you for that. We'll get one more carrier update this morning. Right now, we're going to welcome in our next guest. We've got Dolores Santos joining us to talk a little bit about fuel buying and what a transition to zero emission vehicles will mean for the fuel industry. Dolores, thank you for being here today. Let's jump right into it. Obviously, we know that ZEVs are something that are coming sooner for some states than others. Specifically in California, what does that mean for a changing fuel market? So there's a lot going on in California. As you know, we're pretty much leading the way out here with respect to zero emission vehicles. Um, the EPA just approved in March California's uh, new uh, clean truck program, and they're looking to phase out diesel engines by 2040. And starting next year, manufacturers are going to have to start producing zero emission diesel vehicles for California. And Dolores, when looking at those requirements, that deadline, what does that transition look like in terms of infrastructure, in terms of vehicles that we're going to start to see on the road, especially in California? So infrastructure is a huge issue. I mean, obviously, if you're going to be electrifying medium and heavy duty trucks, it's going to take an increase in electrical capacity on the grid, not to mention charging stations. Um, so everything we know moves by truck and it's going to be a challenge to have enough electricity for everything um, going forward. One thing that's really interesting is Governor Newsom actually said that they're looking to electrify where feasible all electric vehicles by 2040. So I think the heavy duty sector is probably going to take a little longer than the light medium duty sector. Um, imagine if you have to charge just 50 trucks in your yard every night, how much electricity you might need for that. And I know the, Cal the Trucking Association is concerned about the infrastructure and where we're going to go because we don't see a lot of new electricity plants being built to help support this. So, Dolores, when it comes to the impacts on the fuel side of things, what does this look like from a global oil demand? We have a chart here that kind of shows a couple different scenarios, which talks about the timeline of ZEV adoption. But what does that look like to the global oil market? And then how does that then translate into downstream effects? So the IEA is actually looking at oil consumption to increase. And it's interesting to note that um, the United States is really the number one oil producer in the world. And they're looking at most of the increase in oil production going forward from non-OPEC countries like the United States and Mexico. So, I mean, it all depends on how governments move forward with this uh, this climate scenario. But as you can see, the IEA really thinks that the delayed recovery from COVID is going to keep demand up over 100 million barrels a day. Now, if we do get to this sustainable development scenario, you could see it drop considerably by 2040 to 70 million barrels a day. But fossil fuel is not going away anytime soon. And Doris, we also have another chart outlining global demand for oil. Can you take us through what some of your expectations are going to be when we're looking at overall global demand? Sure. I don't see the chart. 
<laughs> it's it's coming up in a second. They just got to pop it up in the back. But if you can just start talking about oh, that. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is the EIA short-term energy outlook as of April. And, the, and they just updated it in June, but there hasn't been much change. And as you can see, world production and world consumption are kind of in tandem. And we're we're projected to stay over 100 million barrels a day. Now, this is a short-term outlook through 2024, but it's it's growing. Demand is definitely growing throughout the world. So the transition to zero emission vehicles always hits a very interesting point to me when, when I think about the actual generation of the alternative that we will need, right? The generation of the additional electricity for infrastructure for charging or the generation of hydrogen if we choose to take things over from hydrogen. Our colleague Alan Adler, who writes very often about alternative fuels and our electric vehicles, talks a lot about the difference between green hydrogen versus blue hydrogen. And sourcing these alternative fuels doesn't necessarily mean that you are seeing less pollution, right? Is that something that we are also having to contend with and maybe looking at possibly seeing some regulation regulating where the actual sources of generation for this energy comes from? So one thing I like to tell people when we talk about this is that every source of energy has unintended consequences. Um, nothing is perfect. Uh, hydrogen actually is something that the heavy-duty trucks may be looking for going forward because it may be a better alternative to running those engines rather than electricity. But it's a ways off. Hydrogen has a lot of issues to get through, as well as getting the electricity we need for uh, powering heavy-duty vehicles. I mean, just think about the batteries themselves, how heavy they would be and how much of the payload it would reduce just by having the batteries to power those big trucks. And Dolores, we have one more chart here going over inventories, especially as we look as to gasoline and distillate inventories. Can you talk to us about this chart? Yes. I mean, ever since the war in Ukraine started, you know, the United States has been exporting more and more distillate out of the country, and it has brought us down below you know, the five-year range. And I don't expect to see our inventories grow considerably. I mean, the fuel is going to go to the best price. So if it can be exported, it will. And I know there was some government talk about limiting exports again, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, I think diesel inventories are going to stay challenged. But let's face it, um, if I was a refiner, I would be wanting to gear up more diesel production because demand is actually growing for diesel, whereas in gasoline, demand may be easing off with hybrid and electric vehicles. So I think diesel is going to be a valued product going forward. One thing I want to mention in California, renewable diesel and biodiesel is just about 48% of total diesel demand as of Q4 2022 in California. I expect the first quarter will be over 50% renewable and biodiesel for California. So renewable fuels in the diesel space is growing. And that particularly inventory chart doesn't really include renewable diesel yet. Amazing. I always love hearing a forecast. Loris, thanks so much for joining us this morning. If people want to reach out or get more of your content, how can you do that? Um, yes, I have my contact information. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at Dolores 
S721 at gmail.com. Awesome, Dolores. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Right now, Thank we're going to. Right now, we're going to head over to the wall weather. Our next weather update with Kaylee Nix.